following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. You are now listening to Lucha Outsider Show, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. At Lucha Outsiders, everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Lucha Outsider Show. Congratulations. You played yourself. Welcome to another episode of the Lucha Outsider Show. I am the heel that seals the deal, the villain stays chilling, the anti-hero, the IWC, your boy, Mr. Radar, and I'm joined by my tag team partner. He is the analysis of the L O. See, he's the man that put the honor back in Ring of Honor. He's a straight shooter on Twitter. And when it comes to wrestling, he has a radar from the mean streets of Long Island. Yo, what is going on, bro? We're back. We're back to a weekly basis, at least for now. Right? But we're knocking out another episode. <laughs> I mean, yeah, this is crazy. Two weeks in a row. It's been uh, it's been a while since we've done that. So, yeah, man, it feels good to be here. Uh, yeah, let's do it. On a, on a very cold Sunday morning. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know if, uh, you know, we we're just talking off air. I don't know if any uh, of the listeners out there can tell uh, if my voice sounds nasally or whatnot. But, yeah, I'm already dealing with uh, a little cold because whenever the weather changes, you know, it's, that's typically what happens to me. Uh, it's annoying, but, hey, it is what it is. You get through it. Otherwise, I'm doing pretty good. How about you, bro? Well, first of all, your voice sounds great. You don't sound Thanks. like you have, like, a little congest situation going on, but... You sound good. The volumes are good. I'm looking at it right now. You sound fine, but I'm doing good, man. Speaking of the, the cold weather, you know how you could tell it's cold and the climate has completely changed? When you step outside and you see nothing but frost on your car in the ground. Yeah, yeah. Early mornings. Ah, uh, well, yeah. I took the ice scraper uh, the other day to my car at 6 in the morning. It was not fun. I know. It sucks. It's, it's terrible, but it is what it is. We're here. We're here now, and we're doing a show. So let's let's get into the wrestling. But before we get started, for the second week in the row, okay, it's hashtag. Ooh, look at that. Rebel time. This is the first time I'm trying this one. It's the winter edition. Pear cinnamon, okay? Oh, that sounds good. I love cinnamon. Oh, it's not, it tastes great. It tastes great. Highly recommend it. All right, Ryan, let's get into some wrestling. Last week, we talked about like almost every major promotion, right? This week, I feel like we're just going to talk mostly WWE and AEW. Maybe we could sprinkle in a couple other things, but mostly those are going to be the two big topics. So let's get into the WWE stuff. We got this big angle on Monday Night Raw this past week where there was a brawl between the Judgment Day, and I'm going to call them the Super Friends, all right? Team Cody, which is Cody, Rollins, Jey Uso, and Sami Zayn. I feel like the Super Friends is like the best way to describe that team. What do you think? Yeah, I like it. I definitely dig it. So we had this incredible match between Seth Rollins and Sami Zayn for the World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, listen, man, once again, as much as Rollins being over, he's in this incredible run as the world champion. 
there was some not mixed re reactions for Rollins, but some people wanted Sami Zayn to win, and I mean, rightfully so. The guy is super over, and the match was incredible. What did you think about the match? Oh yeah, I mean, this was this was great. You knew it was going to be good. Um, I was really excited when they announced this as the main event of the show, and yeah, I mean, they they just worked so well together, yep. and you know. I feel like every opponent that Seth has gone up against as of late, everybody just wants him to drop the title to that person. And I guess, you know, that's a good thing. Yes. I mean, listen, yep. if you're, if you're, you know, during a title reign like this, um, you know, like if, if you're rooting hard for the baby face, well, I guess, I don't know. I don't want to say baby face or I just want to like the challenger yes. to go over. Um, you know, that's, that's, that's a good thing. You know, it means they're building up good challengers that you want to see become champions. So, um, yeah, listen, it was no surprise that Seth retained, obviously, but, um, yeah, I really, really enjoyed the match. And I thought it was an awesome main event. After the match, we see both men, you know, pretty much destroyed each other. And Seth Rollins tries to shake Sami Zayn's hand and Sami looks a little bit conflicted, but he ultimately does shake his hand and raises Seth Rollins' arm up. And then out comes the judgment day. And it kind of seemed like we were going to get a cash-in or something like that. But we get, like, this brutal attack. And then Jey Uso comes out. And Cody Rhodes comes out. Big brawl. And then Adam Pearce shows up with security. And then Adam Pearce gets on the mic. And this is probably the most pumped up I've ever seen Adam Pearce on WWE TV. He's like, you guys want to play games? You, you ain't want to play games? Well, you're going to play games in Chicago for war games. Not the best William Regal impression, but I still, it still got the job done. Yeah, listen, I mean, I thought, you know, for it was pretty good for, you know, not being William Regal. I was really hoping we'd see Regal because you just knew where this was headed, yeah, right? 1, like as soon as, as soon as everything was was breaking down the way it did, you knew War Games was upon us. And um, I mean, listen, no matter who says it, you know, obviously when Regal says it, it hits completely different. But, yeah, yeah. Um, I just love like, you know, the the announcement of War Games and when, you know, whoever, obviously in this case, Adam Pierce, just screaming it. Um, it just definitely just makes you feel some type of way. And yep. listen, this has potential to be a really, really good War Games match. Like, I think it could be one of the best ones that we've seen oh in recent years. I know all the NXT ones that we saw were just on a different level. Mm -hmm. um, and I know last year was the first year they brought it into the main roster. And, I mean, it was great. Everything was great. We were there last year. Yep. It was awesome. But I think this year it's going to absolutely steal the show in a big way. I think it's going to be ten times better than the one last year. Yeah, I remember us talking about the two War Games matches last year. We said when it came to like an in-ring quality aspect, we thought the women's match was incredible. But when it came to storytelling, the men's side of things was better. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. And I think this year, I mean, I think I think the storytelling should be good in both this year. Yeah. But I think the wrestling is going to be uh, even better in both this year because. You know, obviously we'll we'll get to the women, yeah, but I think yeah. uh, just both both war games matches have potential to be so freaking good, and I'm so excited for it. Oh, 1,000 percent. Okay, so let's talk about um, this men's match, right? So we have Cody Super Friends, which we already named against the Judgment Day. There's this rumor going around, right? And I'm sure you read it too. I think even SRS might have reported like it's it's in the works that both teams are going to get a a fifth member, right? So on the Judgment Day side of things, the rumor name is Drew McIntyre, which Makes sense perfectly. Not even, let's remove what's been happening currently right now with Drew McIntyre, right? Let's remove that from the aspect of things. It kind of goes back to last year's War Games. And this is why Drew McIntyre is so bitter. Because Bloodline has pretty much ruined Drew McIntyre's life, right? And then they have this War Games match. Things didn't go well for Team Drew. 
You fast forward this year, he still has an issue with Jey Uso, right? And Sami Zayn, if you think about it, because he was part of the bloodline. Why wouldn't he join the Judgment Day? Maybe not as a in the stable, but Team Judgment Day, it makes sense for him to uh, be part of that side of things when it comes to the War Games match. Oh, yeah. And you could see, too, like he he was being pushed to the limit, you know, at, at Crown Jewel. And we saw, you know, Rhea backstage, you know, taunting him and yep. everything. I just feel like he's at his breaking point and he just wants to get back at Seth and Sammy and, and everybody. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think it just makes perfect sense storyline wise. And I know, you know, I don't think he's going to join the judgment day, like actually join the group and, you know, um, but as a one-off, I think it, it makes perfect sense. And, you know, I was wondering too, like he was going to remain four on four or be five on five, but I think five on five is the traditional way that, that, you know, war games matches usually always go down. So um, yeah, I just think it makes sense. And, like I said, it plays perfectly into the storyline. 1,000%. And then on the Super friend side of things, the rumor name is Randy Orton, a returning Randy Orton. And I would have no problem with Randy Orton being the fifth man. Another rumor that I read uh, that's going around the dirt sheets, it might have been SRS that did report this too, is they're probably going to wait till the day before to announce like the last member of, let's say, Team Super Friends. Because they want to avoid any like CM Punk expectations, if you will, for the day of Survivor Series. Yeah, I mean, it makes uh, perfect sense. I mean, it just, you know, you don't want people speculating that all day long, all throughout the event. You know, you don't want, I mean, obviously his name's probably going to be chanted regardless, right? 1,000% um, we're going to get CM Punk chants. But it would have been 10 times worse, I think, if like you kept this mystery guy, oh, yeah. you know, in, in limbo here and you make us think that, that there's a possibility that he's going to to join the team um so yeah that makes perfect sense and listen randy orton returning uh, man i i can't wait to see him back it's it's been so long i, I literally it's been over even, a year you know yeah way over a year i mean it feels like it's been forever so and to see him in, on the same team with cody um oh that'd be so awesome and that's, that's why i said before like this this just this entire match has potential to be so freaking good on every level and uh Man, it's just I really, really hope it's Randy. If it's not Randy Orton, honestly, like the only other person really that makes sense is like Kevin Owens because he's the only other one that's really been feuding with the Judgment Day. Right. But we haven't seen any inkling of that. You know, he's on SmackDown yep. now. So I just think, you know, Randy Orton should be a lock to, to be the fifth guy here. Yeah, I agree, too. I agree. You know, we could have Randy Orton and Cody feuding, you know, after Cody hopefully finishes the story in April. And it's just, uh, you know, it's it's. He's so many things you could do there. So really, really hope Randy Orton is on the way uh, to come back because I miss him a lot. I was also thinking, like, you know, if Randy Orton is the fifth guy, just seeing, like, dueling, like, Cody Cutters and RKOs. Yeah, yeah. That would be sweet. That would be pretty cool. All right, speaking of war games, we had another big angle, and this comes to the women's side of things over on SmackDown. So early in the night, we see Bailey come out, and I guess she wanted to – you know, address the state of damage control, right? Out comes EO and Dakota and the returning Kyrie Sane. Bailey bring you know, mentions the elephant in the room how the last time we saw Kyrie Sane, you know, Bailey kinda had her foot on her neck. And Kyrie got on the mic and said, like, you know, she forgives Bailey and she respects Bailey. And then they have this hugging moment and Bailey looked very, very uncomfortable because she said she doesn't do that anymore, which makes perfect sense with her character, right? And then out kept Bianca Belair. And said, like, hey, you know, I want to kick all your asses, and I'm not the only one. And out comes Charlotte, and then out comes Asuka, right? So I'm like, oh, this is going to be a really big main event match with between all these six women. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Okay, fast forward to the main event. We get this six-woman tag. 
And then I didn't see this coming at all. I don't know if you did. But Asuka ends up turning on Bianca and Charlotte. She celebrates with EO and Kyrie, and I'm pumped up watching this. It really, like, this is one of the very few times where I did not, like, see this coming, and now I'm excited. I'm like, holy shit, are they going to be, like, a, a Japanese stable or something? And now I'm fucking excited, but it looks like, at least for now, it's just Asuka's now part of damage control, right? It, that's what it seems like, right? And it looks like now we're going to get this women's war games match, so we, if Dakota Kai could get cleared by war games, I would assume she's the fifth member, right? If she doesn't get cleared, they're going to have to get someone else to be part of team damage control. Now, on the, I guess, the baby face side of things, you get Bianca, you got Charlotte, and then I don't know who else you throw in that team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, so I actually was uh, watching SmackDown on Friday night because I had nothing to do. So I was like, yeah, you know, like, why not? Um, and, you know, here's a perfect example of what I miss uh, being a wrestling fan is like, you know, the the shock and the surprises and like you know the dirt sheets i think have ruined um a lot of wrestling nowadays because it takes like some of the element of surprise away and yeah. you know obviously it's like i guess my own fault you know for, for following yeah. them and yep. reading it and stuff like that but you know i mean obviously if you're on twitter yeah you just can't help it sometimes like you'll just see these it things. just pops up yeah yeah without even trying to look for it so i saw you know the uh i don't know you're not really on twitter but wrestle votes is uh i, I don't know like they have Really good sources. It's they a WWE always... insider. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they tweeted earlier on in the night, something like, uh, you know, this afternoon, the women's war games match was listed as EO, Bailey, Kyrie, and Asuka versus Bianca, Charlotte, and Shotzi. And I read I read it, and I'm like, Asuka? I'm like, I'm j I j literally just saw Asuka with Charlotte and Bianca. And then in my head, I'm like, oh, I'm assuming that Asuka turns in the main event. And obviously, that's exactly what happened. So... I wish I didn't read that because I think I would have been more shocked and surprised, uh, obviously, if I didn't. Um, but I love it. I think Asuka being in with damage control, with Kyrie, with EO, uh, I just think it's awesome, man. I mean, that closing shot of SmackDown with all of It was great. They looked like badasses, man. They did. Uh, they really, really did. I mean, and also, too, how good does Kyrie Sane look? I mean, she, she looked like a superstar, man. 1,000%. I mean, really. Uh, so I love it. I love that team. I think it's completely badass. As far as uh, the other team goes, no. I mean, yeah, listen, Shotzi is pretty random. Um, I know she had that thing with Bailey a couple no! months ago. Um, but I don't know how you get two more members on that side, and I don't know how you get a fifth member on the damage control side because I don't think that Dakota Kai would be ready. I don't know for sure, obviously, but I feel like if she was, we would have, like, seen her get a little bit more physical by now you know i mean war games is is a couple weeks away um so i don't think that she'll be involved i'm wondering if they're just going to do four on four instead of five on five because i mean i don't even know what fourth woman you can get for the the charlotte and bianca side really um but i think you know you could grab one other person instead of grabbing two others uh, but, I mean, what's the SmackDown women's roster even look like? I don't even know, honestly, off the top of my head. Okay, like, so you mentioned – now I'm curious, and I kind of want to look because, listen, no disrespect to Shotzi, all right? I'm going to – it's going to sound like I'm being mean, but I'm going to be quite honest. Shotzi being part of a War Games match ain't it, all right? So I mean, if, if Shotzi's going to be part of Team Charlotte slash Bianca, they get one of these for me. Congratulations. Be you and this is yourself. no disrespect to Shotzi. Because I feel like she has an awesome look. 
All right. Nothing but respect for her because she ended up cutting, you know, they cut her hair in angle. Right. But the main reason that she cut her hair is because her sister's going through cancer. So I love that, especially, you know, with some of the stuff I've been through in my personal life. Like, I get it. So nothing but respect for her. But she just ain't cutting it when it comes to an in-ring standpoint. I feel like her NXT run was kind of better than what she's doing on SmackDown. I just feel like she hasn't been performing. And sometimes that happens, too. I remember in the past, and I've mentioned this to you, Ryan. Like, and I'm I'm not comparing them to both, but when it comes to the the difference between NXT and the main roster, right? Like Sasha Banks, when she was in NXT, at that time she was like one of the best women's wrestlers in the world, right? Yeah. She kind of had a rocky start when she went to the main roster, and that's not even including how she would win the title and drop the title. I feel like Sasha Banks started really, really like hitting home runs when she made that return from like her hiatus after her and Bailey dropped the tag titles and she came with the blue hair from that point on, that was the Sasha Banks of old. Sometimes that happens. Like I said, I'm not comparing Shotzi and Sasha from a performance standpoint, but Shotzi's just not it, man. And I'm about to look at the women's roster right now. Like what are the possibilities? Because Charlotte and Bianca is great. Shotzi, not so much. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's almost like uh, two superstars and then a one-week link, you know? Uh, and again, yeah. no no disrespect, because I do like Shotzi, too. I mean, she was really great in NXT, and yeah, she just hasn't really found her footing on the main roster. Um, and again, this just goes to show how, really, I mean, let's be honest, how terrible the women's divisions are in WWE on both brands. I mean, on Raw, we see, obviously, Rhea Ripley dominating. We saw at Crown Jewel, she beat four other women. Okay, there's literally nobody on her level over there. And on SmackDown, I couldn't even tell it. Like I said, I'm clueless. I can't even tell you without bringing up the roster who else could possibly step into this role because the only ones I could really think of off the top of my head are like Zelina Vega, but like she's involved with the LWO stuff. Oh, um, yeah. Mia Yim. Mia Yim would be dope. I like, I like Mia Yim. Zelina Vega wouldn't be bad too, but she's in part of the, like, the LWO stuff. Um, maybe yeah, Alba Fire. Alba Fire, no? Yeah, that's the that's the chick in the tag team, right? Yeah, Alba uh, Fire. Where, Maybe, I mean, they have they been on TV? Those two? Well, listen, I, I, at least Alba Fire could work because Shotzi ain't cutting the mustard. Okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, listen, I know, I I, I agree. I, I don't know. I mean, I know some people too. And listen, this is not happening, and nor should it happen because it just sounds like a disaster on paper. <laughs> I know a lot of people were thinking Jade Cargill could possibly be uh, the fourth woman. I would not. That would be the most WWE thing they would do is throw Jade in there. I think I think if we had Vince McMahon in charge, that would be a possibility. But I think Triple H knows better. You cannot throw her into the fire and have her first match be a War Games match of all matches. All okay, right? I mean I'm, that's just. I'm looking at the list right now. All right, so maybe I'm gonna just throw some names just to get a reaction out of you. And some of these names right. aren't even being serious. All right, how all about right. we 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 give this spot to be fat? I mean, does does she even wrestle? <laughs> it, well, <laughs> listen, it looks like it looks like she might be joining her business 2.0. I mean, no comment. Okay. 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 Let's see. Um, who else is in this goddamn brand? Maybe we got a call up. Maybe like Cora Jade or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. All right. All right. Let's keep going. Listen, she's fun to look at, but I mean, let's. Uh, when the bell rings, there's nothing there. There's nothing there to sink your teeth into. Maybe. Maybe we got a call up from like Gigi Dolan or or Electra Lopez. I mean, I guess, sure. I mean, it's it just like, I don't understand. Like, there's just no, like, there's no correlation between them and damage control. Like, like none of it would make sense. JC you know? Jane, 
it, it's, it's Isla, Dawn, and then Alba Fire. Maybe they join Team Charlotte and Bianca. It's a tag team. They could both could work. Fuck it. Just throw them in the group. Sure. Why the hell not? Honestly, I I, I don't have a problem with them. I, I saw a little bit of them when they were on the main roster originally. I don't know what happened to them. I don't know if they're hurt, whatever. Uh, I haven't seen them in forever. But, yeah, I mean, listen, I, my problem is none of this just makes any sense. You know? Like, I don't even – I'm not even so sure Shotzi even makes sense. Oh, no, Shotzi. So, me, me AM does make sense, though. Me AM makes sense. I guess you could do that. Yeah, I guess if you want to do that. But, I mean, ugh, I mean, you just, like, look at – like, I mean, <laughs> let's, let me throw this out there, too. Remember how last year we were all, like, you know, uh, in our feels about damage control losing? They no, better win this they, freaking they, match. Dude, if they, if they don't win, oh I'm going to lose my fucking mind. Could you imagine Mia Yim comes in and, like, picks up a pinfall or something? You know, I will say this. Just by looking at this roster, right, compared to Raw, keep in mind, SmackDown has Bianca, Charlotte Flair, and Bailey, and Asuka, and Io, right? And Kyrie Sane now. I just named, what, what was that, six women, five women that are, like, main event players, right? Besides them, the SmackDown women's side of things is very slim. Very yeah. slim. I know, dude. The women's divisions, I mean, really, all across oh, shit. wrestling. It, Tamina's on SmackDown. Who? Tamina, but I haven't seen Tamina. her in a year. Doesn't she do like uh, backstage stuff? Isn't she like a producer, an agent, or something like Maybe that? Maybe she is, but she's listed on the SmackDown side of things. But who knows? I mean, if you want to throw a body in there, Tamina would make sense just to throw muscle in there. But at the same time, it's like it, it wouldn't make sense either because we haven't seen her in a year. Yeah, listen, I, that would be the most puzzling decision I think uh, but you Triple know H what? has probably ever made. Here's a hot take. I'd rather see Tamina than fucking Shotzi. I'll tell you that. Ooh, that is a hot take. <laughs> That's a very hot take. Okay, okay, okay. I don't know. For me, it's like flip a coin. I don't really care. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. But looking at this roster, the women's side of things, when it comes to SmackDown, besides the five to six main event talent I just named, it's very slim compared to Raw. Very slim. Yeah, listen, I mean, l listen, at least WWE gives their women time. They treat their women better than, like, AEW does. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, that's not that's not saying that the women's division is better. I mean, it's pretty brutal across both brands. And, um, I mean, NXT's women's division, I guess, is okay. I don't really know enough about it. But, uh, listen, it's yeah, listen, it's, it's, pre it's pretty bad. Like I said, you have Rhea, who dominates everybody and is above everyone else. And then Io right now, I mean, really is above a lot of people, I guess, maybe not on this. You know, I, I know that Oscar, Bianca, and Charlotte are the big-time players over there. But, right. I mean, other than that, yeah, it's, it's uh, really not much there. It's so funny that you mentioned about, like, oh, you know, I, I really don't watch NXT that much, you know, with the women's roster. But I, I know, like, the women's roster is pretty okay. Guess what we're going to talk about next? We're going to talk about NXT. Congratulations. You played yourself. about some NXT. Oh, yeah. Okay, so some big news came out this week, right? And this caught me by surprise, too. NXT in 2024 will be moving to the CW Network, network television, baby. And this is a big get for WWE, moving their developmental brand, a third brand, to network TV. Good for them, man. Yeah, honestly, was pretty surprised myself. I did not think NXT, again, and this is no disrespect, I actually think NXT has been... Um, I mean, again, I don't really watch it, but from what I've seen, like, you know, on social media, it doesn't seem like it's it's as bad as it once no, was, you know, no. like 2.0 era, very, very unwatchable for me. Um, but now, like, you know, I watched some, I watched like the last um, PLE that they had, not bad, you know, so I don't really think it's as bad as uh, it once was. But with that being said, I didn't think it was good enough to, you know, 
garner that much demand from a network like the CW that would like want it that badly, you know? I guess it's just they look at it, it's like WWE programming, so no matter right. what, you know, it's going to be uh, profitable. And, you know, obviously with, you know, we saw John Cena on the brand recently. We saw Cody there. Obviously, the main roster stars flip-flop back and forth. So this is a massive deal for both sides, really. I mean, uh, it's it's crazy how NXT, I guess, is going to be on its own network, right? Because I don't – I know Monday Night Raw is in a little limbo right now, too, with, like, USA Network. They might not renew the deal, so they yeah. may be looking for a new home. Oh, yeah. Um, but if it's not on the CW, it's like, wow, NXT has a standalone – network that it's on like it's that's pretty crazy and i do wonder if it's going to stay on tuesday or if the cw is going to move it to a different night that's interesting too what would you think would be the other night i mean yeah i, I it would i wouldn't be shocked if it would be either a wednesday or a thursday honestly i really don't want to see the wednesday night wars again oh me neither me neither i'm just saying that i don't know if they have like you know uh the CW has like an, uh, a show, something that they they air on Tuesday nights that the NXT wouldn't fit in. I don't know. I'm, I mean, it could stay on Tuesday. I don't know. I'm just speculating here that you know usually when this happens, you know it's it might not stay on the same night it is. I mean, look at Raw. I don't know if you saw that rumor, but it's like there's yeah. a rumor that Raw could move off Mondays, which I think would be a disaster. Oof. But I mean, you know, it goes to a new network. They could do whatever they want. So um, you know. All right. So let's let's talk about these network deals. So. NXT going to CW, I think, is a big get for both sides, like you said. I know what CWs have been trying to do. They've been trying to change not the format of the network, but before CW, especially at nights, like prime time, they were heavy on, like, series. Like, especially when it came to, like, DC content, you know, like The Flash and Arrow yeah. and shows like that. I think they're stepping away from that and moving – you know, past that now, and I know they want to do more sports stuff. So that was another reason why the NXT deal happened. There is also apparently I don't know how true it is because the source that is reporting this, I'm really not too high on. So, but there's a rumor that apparently Tony Khan has some talks with CW earlier this year about possibly Ring of Honor going to CW. Yeah, and I think he should have done that deal, but whatever. That yeah. might, you know, it is what it is, right? And then fast forward to recent weeks, there was a rumor that NWA was supposed to have a deal with CW. And then at the last pay per view, they decided to do a stupid cocaine angle. And apparently, that was grand opening, grand closing for that deal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, Billy Corgan's got to be the dumbest guy. You played yourself. Honestly. I mean, really, he's just. Uh... My goodness! So what? What a huge flop that would have been so big for the NWA and and obviously, I mean, I mean, it's laughable. It really is. I mean, what more can you say? I mean, a, the fact that he what an idiot. Yeah, he completely just shoots himself in the foot, and and he has nobody to blame for but himself, you know. Um, and as far as the Tony Khan stuff with Ring of Honor, you know, I know I saw that report too, but I think he just wants to be as loyal as possible to to uh, you know the Warner. Yep. You know. And I honestly can't blame him for that. You know, like uh, they have a great relationship, great partnership. He they've given him commercial free you know, hours. They've given him overruns. I mean, they've obviously expanded the AEW content with with uh, collision, stuff like that. I can't blame him for not wanting to, you know, negotiate with a different network. I know it wasn't for AEW, but still, I mean, Ring of Honor, AEW at this point, it's, it's under the same, it's all the same thing because we see the Ring of yeah. Honor titles on AEW. Right. So. Uh, I can't really blame Tony. I, it would have been really great for Ring of Honor. Obviously, ten times better than the Honor Club thing. Oh, yeah. Um, but I, like I said, I'm not going to 
kill him for that because I, I understand wanting to be loyal and respectful to your current, you know, um, you know, partner. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, like I said, it's great for NXT. I'm super pumped for, for that. And, uh, you know, I'm not telling you I'll be tuning into the CW every night that NXT's on, but uh, it's cool that it's going to remain on TV and not like, you know, just be, uh, you know, wasted away on Peacock because then that would be really damaging to that brand. You know, I haven't watched NXT either in God knows how long, right? But I do catch clips here and there. And like you said, it doesn't seem bad compared to the toy, the 2.0 era, right? Now, with that being said, with the CW move, I don't know, man. I might be interested to see to watch like the first episode to see if there's any difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is not knocking anybody that watches NXT. I just don't have the time for it. I was telling you something privately that I'll mention later on the show. How, listen, my life is busy, so there's times where I just can't watch wrestling, even if it's a pay-per-view live. I'm going to have to watch it the next morning, right? I, I respect a lot of the talent that are in NXT. Like, I look at a guy like Brian Pillman Jr. The stuff he's doing with NXT now has been more meaningful than his entire AEW run, okay? And he's only been in NXT for, like, what, like a month? So when I see talents like that, you know, succeed, I- I'm happy for him. That's the purpose of NXT. So who- who's to say? I might tune into the first episode on the cw uh network next year when nxc goes over there yeah hey I'm, I'm i'm not gonna sit here and tell you i'm not either you know i may be interested i mean there's so much great talent down there i mean i saw the other like what was it last week on halloween Ilya dragunov who's the current nxt champion yep. and carmelo hayes had an unbelievable match another banger and, yep and yeah guys like that like that is like old school nxt black and gold like that those are the thousand matches we used to get so i'm like it's not like, you know, we got Von Wagner being the NXT champ, you know, like we, Ilya Dragunov is an amazing talent. So is Carmelo Hayes. So is Braun Breaker. Um, Trick Williams is great. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of great talent down there. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I dig what I see here and there too. So yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely exciting and I, I may tune in too. And listen, if the production looks any different, I don't know if they plan on moving out of the performance center or whatever, but that stuff makes a huge difference too. Like just the vibe and the feel of the show when you tune in. That makes all the difference in the world. So, uh, yeah, I guess only time will tell. But as long as they don't go back to the 2.0 crap and the splashy colored logo, they they I'm need right, to change so. those titles because they still there's still color in those titles. Go back to just yeah, gold. Yep. Go back to the fucking gold and black. The, get those them little colors out of here. Yep, I agree. Speaking of network deals, you mentioned Monday Night Raw. If USA does not pick up, and that's a uh, USA NBC Universal, right? They're all in the same. Um, company it's all in the same family right if they don't pick up monday night raw i think monday night raw has a good chance of landing on fx and here's why oh wow smackdown fox loses smackdown next year right and that's when smackdown's gonna go back to usa right when the press release came out that they were gonna pick up smackdown there's no mention of raw there's no mention of nxt if that was in motion I feel like we would have, we probably would have gotten like a, a like a full announcement, like, hey, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, they're all gonna be in the NBC Universal family, et cetera, et cetera. The fact that we still haven't gotten a, uh, an announcement or any clue where Raw might end up, that's very telling. And now that NXT is gonna appear in a network that I, I don't think WWE has ever had programming CW. I could be wrong. Maybe, maybe like 10, 15 years ago. I think maybe I think SmackDown, SmackDown maybe. was a CW yeah. for like for yeah. like a for like a year or two maybe, but other than that, it was very eye opening with NXT going to CW. 
if Fox is losing SmackDown, right, next year, I think there's a very strong chance that, you know, with Disney owning FX, where Disney might be a contender to get Monday Night Raw, and we see Monday Night Raw go to FX. Is FX a channel that, like, everybody gets? Is that, like, Yeah, it's just like USA Network. Yeah, I mean, hey, listen, as long as it stays on Monday, because, listen, I, I... I don't know, man. Just the Monday Night Raw, like yeah, the how it. nostalgic this been, you know? Like, I get it. It's just always like every Monday, you know, like Raw's on, you know? Like any other night would feel super weird to me. So as long as you could keep it on Mondays, I don't care where it is. I will find my way to get that channel, watch that channel. And I'm sure, you know, like you said, it, it's kind of like USA Network. Like it's going to be some sort of cable TV network. It's not just going to oh, be yeah. like it. Access TV, like, no offense, you know, like, the TNA, but it's not just going to be a, 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 it's not going to be a, uh, yeah, I know, you always got to throw that shot in there. Um, but it's not just going to be uh, channels where, you know, half the world doesn't get, so, uh, yeah, listen, like I said, my biggest thing is just as long as it stays on Monday, I don't care where it lands. I agree. Okay, one last thing on WWE, because we touched on it briefly. So we finally got the split from Santos Escobar and Rey Mysterio, Santos finally turned, and it seems like, at least for now, the LW, the rest of the LWO is kind of sticking with Ray, right? At least for now. Santos, to me, I think he's a very charismatic individual, so I don't think he needs a stable. I think he's good on his own, right? I just wish how we got here would have been told differently because I think it would have done wonders for Santos to be in the Ray Mysterio spot for him to have the United States Championship, him have a run with it, and then him dropping it to Logan and because of conflict between Santos and Ray, right? If the roles would have been reversed, where Santos still turns heel at the end of the uh, the story, but if Santos would have been in that Ray role, I feel like it would have been more beneficial for Santos Escobar. Yeah, you know, I think we, uh, we mentioned this last week briefly too about how, you know, Santos should have been the one to win the U.S. title instead of Rey Mysterio. But I'll be honest, man, like, well, first off, this uh, heel uh, turn was executed to perfection. I loved every minute of it. Yep. I thought it was so good. Yep. I actually think how they did it was okay. Like, I, I didn't Now that we really got the realize... ending, now that we know where it was going after we got yeah. like, the finished product, you're, you're okay with everything else? I'm okay with it because of, like, the brass knuckles thing mm-hmm. and, like, Carlito being the one to point that out, like I think it's super interesting. Now, like when typical Carlito fashion, be like, Carlito sees everything. Carlito, Carlito thinks you're blaming the wrong person, Ray Ray. You should be blaming Santos. And I did, and like, dude, that was perfect, perfect spot on uh, impersonation, by the way. (laughs) Oh, thank you, bro. I try. Listen, I'm a talker. This is what I do. Dude, I, I, again, when he came out and he and he was talking about like you know uh, when he first started saying those things to Ray, mm-hmm. I didn't see this comment. I didn't see him blaming Santos. I was caught off guard. I, honestly, maybe I didn't pay too much attention to the end of the match, Crown Jewel. I right. really, I, I didn't, I didn't watch the show in full live, so I like really skimmed through it. Um, but I did not see this coming, and I thought it was perfect. I really think it it ended up being so great. And then like. And just everything was so good. Like, you know, Ray pushes Santos, and then Santos goes to attack him. But then, like, that was cinema. Cinema. Yeah, but he doesn't, like, beat him down either. Like, he just kind of, like, jumped on him, mm-hmm. gave him a few pounds, and then got off of him and, like, looked like he regretted it. Don't, don't, don't then... forget don't forget that he kicked Carlito like a piece of shit. He's like, get the fuck out of my ring. He kicked, <laughs> yeah, he, <did>. <laughs> <laughs> he kicked him like a piece of garbage. <laughs> he did. He did. I mean, talk about that, too, for a second. Carlito versus Bobby Lashley, man. I felt like I was watching 2005 SmackDown or something like that. <laughs> Jesus. 
it's crazy. Uh, <laughs> it's very nostalgic. Very. Oh, man. Um, Me, but, but you know what's the crazy part about that, though? They're both in better shape than they were in 2005. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not like, I'm not crapping on it. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. I know, I know. It was great, mm -hmm. uh, but it's just like, I was like, oh my God, who could have ever thought in 2023 we'd still be seeing these two mm -hmm. on SmackDown wrestling mm -hmm. each other? Mm -hmm. um, pretty funny. But uh, yeah, dude, I thought the, the turn was executed perfectly. And uh, yeah, man, I, I I don't know where they're going with it, but I wouldn't mind a big time Ray and Santos match like down the line at the Royal Rumble or if they could drag it to WrestleMania. Like, I think the story's there and I think that'd be huge for Santos. And and yeah, I just, I loved every minute of this. I thought the opening was great. I, I, I still feel, I, why I did enjoy everything that transpired on SmackDown with the Carlito involvement and Santos kind of having mixed emotions with the beat down. And then when he ultimately turns on Ray, even Zelina Vega coming out and crying and saying like, oh, what are you so doing? Good. We're supposed to be the family, blah, blah, blah. And even Ray said it to him. Like we're together. Somos familia. Like he was trying to explain that to Santos, but Santos just got into his own head and was like, no, it was supposed to be me and you. You were my idol. Like I loved all that. Do I still wish Santos would have been United States champion and maybe him having the match with Logan, which would have been incredible? Yes. But the finish line, how we got here, I, I did love. I loved everything. The only thing I wish I would have seen that could have been like the icing on the cake is when the rest of the LWO came out and was like questioning Santos. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And then I'll take care of Ray. When Santos was walking out, I wish he would have just ripped off the shirt and just walked backstage. Because then yeah. on when after commercial break, when they're interviewing Santos, he goes like, Ray had it coming. So I wish he would have just ripped off the shirt and then that's it, you know? Yeah. Another yeah. thing I'm excited for with Santos being healed now is the return of his old theme. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For, that's facts right there, honestly. Yeah, listen, I'm excited to see what they do with Santos. And again, like I said, if this this could have all been different if Vince McMahon was still in charge, right? A guy right. like Santos would have had no shot to even... 1,000%. Like, he, he, he would have been... Uh, a sunken ship from the minute he stepped foot on the main roster. But listen, Triple H is the Triple H guy. I have full confidence he's going to make this dude into a star. So I'm excited to see the rise of him right now. And, uh, you know, it's it's uh, hopefully going to be compelling television. If Vince would have been in charge, we would have seen a division with LWO and then LWO Black and Red. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's talk about some AEW. For the most part, this week on AEW television, Besides some little creative decisions, I really enjoyed Dynamite this week. I can't speak too much about Collision, even though I know what happened on the show, because I vaguely watch Collision. But when it comes to Dynamite, hey, I'll even throw in the main event for Rampage with FTR versus Hijo de Vikingo and Commander. That match was really good, too. I don't know how Hijo de Vikingo doesn't have a concussion, because there was a spot in that match where he looked like he almost broke his neck. Nonetheless... For the most part, I did enjoy AEW TV this week, but let's focus more on Dynamite, all right? And I want to start by this backstage segment with Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega getting interviewed by Renee. I First of all, I cracked up in the beginning of the segment because Kenny Omega's facial expressions, when Chris Jericho was talking and he mentioned Paul White, he kind of, <laughs> Kenny Omega looks up, Paul White. He looked miserable like the rest of us because yep. I said this last week, why the fuck is Paul White wrestling in 2023? Congratulations. You yeah, played man, yourself. And, and then they put the official graphic out. Oh, God. Uh, oh, my goodness, man. I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm curious to see how this whole entire thing plays out. It, it's, uh, it's the weirdest thing I think I've ever seen, and it's not something I had on my 2023 bingo card at all. I mean, not, not even my in my wildest dreams did I ever think that 
Paul White would be teaming with Kota Ibushi and Kenny Omega, first of all, okay? We, we, we've seen him team with Chris Jericho back in the day. But, I mean, Kota Ibushi and, and Kenny Omega, man. Oh, my goodness. If you would have told me when AEW first started no! that this would eventually be a thing a couple of years down the line. Oh, my goodness. All right. We've, before we finish talking about the rest of the segment, which I really, really fucking enjoyed, I, I'm just going to ask you this question, and let's see if you guess it. What's the most WWE thing AEW could do for this match? Oh, oh boy. Uh, the most WWE thing that they could do. For this match. Have, have, have Paul White go over? <laughs> have Paul White turn on Jericho and Omega. <laughs> or that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Let's, let's hope none of those things happen. You know what? For, for shits and giggles, so everybody could lose their fucking mind. I don't want to see it now. <laughs> and he joins we're, we're, Don Cow's family. This is just the slow build to the Paul White, Kenny Omega blow-off match. Oh, <laughs> you know what? I believe in Kenny Omega. He probably could pull out a five-star match at a big show. Yeah, there's one guy who can. It would definitely be Kenny. Okay, so then the Young Bucks interrupt, and Matt Jackson, mostly Matt. You know, Matt's more of the voice when it comes to the the team, the Young Bucks. You know, Nick has a couple liners here and there, but Matt's more of the voice. You know, yeah. Matt and Jericho just start going off, and I really enjoy this back and forth with Matt Jackson telling Kenny, like, what happened to us? What happened to the Elite? Don't worry. We're over here in the in the broom closet with the rest of the boys. Um, you know, since Jericho's taking over the their um their locker room, and Matt Jackson just keeps questioning Omega, what happened to us? We built this place. Um, we're supposed to be a family. We're the foundation of the of the company. When are we gonna go back to start doing like elite stuff? And then Chris Jericho cuts him off. He's like, Hey, wait a minute. From what I remember, we all started this company. You guys needed me. And then Max Jackson responds and goes like, Oh. Typical Chris, just get nailing another check, you know, cashing in another buck. So there was a really, really good back and forth. And then Kenny finally gets involved. And what's so funny also about this segment is when the back and forth was happening, Kenny Omega's face looked like looked like a, a child seeing his parents just have an argument, you know, <laughs> like getting ready to get divorced or something. And Kenny Omega's just there like a kid, just like not enjoying this back and forth at all. But Kenny Omega gets involved. And says, like, oh, you guys think you guys are so great and you guys are questioning my ability. Remember, I've beaten you twice with two different partners, with Kota Ibushi and Heyman. And I believe me and Chris could beat you. So the match is set for full gear. We're going to see the Golden Jets versus the Young Bucks. And the winner of that match is going to get a tag team title shot. I'm assuming at the following pay-per-view at World's End or maybe at a Dynamite. I don't fucking know. Because remember, the Young Bucks have a guaranteed title shot for the tag titles. I'm looking forward to this match. And then one more thing about this segment. I did enjoy Kenny Omega calling the Young Bucks spoiled children, which it kind of goes back to, like, you know, the, the criticism Punk has had with the Elite. So I thought this segment was fantastic. Yeah, listen, I thought it was really good, too. Um, this is behind the MJF and Jay White stuff. I think this is uh, the second best thing going on in the company right now. <laughs> yeah, um, yep. I mean, which, you know, again, obviously he's not saying much. <laughs> everything's pretty pretty i don't know i gotta watch how i say it i mean it hasn't been awful but there's hasn't really been anything completely peaking i'll, I'll say it for you ryan aw sounds like one of these right now congratulations you played yourself besides the mjf story right which is so many different layers right which that's a good thing and now the golden jets young bucks story that they're telling which who knows what's going to happen here right because it could go in so many different directions. It could lead to maybe 
Jericho and Bucks could kind kind of come to an agreement and work together, or the Young Bucks just go straight AWOL and they're like, we don't even want to fuck with Kenny anymore, and we're just gonna do our own thing and maybe even turn heel. Yeah, I mean, it definitely looks like we're getting heel Bucks back again. I mean, this nah, is, yeah. it's, it's pretty obvious. Which I mean, it is what it is. I mean, obviously, at this point, I think the Bucks are gonna have more face and heel turns, uh, more so than the Big Show had in the WWE. <laughs> Uh, because, you know, it's just like every single time, I just feel like they're either turning heel or they're back to baby face or, you know, uh, but hey, listen, the Young Bucks, I think, are the best when they are heels and they're cocky and arrogant. That's what made me fall in love with the Young Bucks, uh, you know, early on. Mm-hmm. And I think some time away from Kenny Omega could do wonders for them. And I think the same thing for Kenny Omega, going on his own, being a singles guy, not really having much relationship with the Young Bucks, not having anything to do with them right now. I think that could be beneficial because... We've seen for a while now, you know, that they were the trios champs and things like that. And, you know, obviously we know they're, they're best buds. We, we're always going to know that. I just think some time away from each other um, is going to be refreshing for, for both teams. It's like Adam Cole. Um, when Adam Cole, you know, he did get hurt, right? But when Adam Cole also, you know, when he returned, he didn't just reunite with the Bucks and Omega or anything like that. You know, granted, they were telling the story with the Undisputed Era and the, the Elite. But, and we're never going to get an answer for that, right? That's going to be one of those things, just like the Cody stuff, we're never going to get an answer for. But, like, we all know that Adam Cole is still best friends with these guys. That doesn't mean we need to see him on screen. Exactly. 100%. 100%. And I, I miss, you know, obviously you've seen that Kenny Omega-MJF match, you know, the one-on-one. I miss just singles Kenny, you know? And I think it's time to bring that back, although I guess we're not getting that back because he is in a tag team now with Chris Jericho. But um, I just think this is a di- an interesting dynamic here with Jericho and Omega versus the Bucks. You know, like, I mean, who could ever forget? I mean, I was, you know, listen, this is going to be a little humble uh, flex. I was there at in California when the Golden Lovers faced the Young Bucks back in 2018. One of the best matches I've ever seen live. I don't think anything, I mean, it's going to be, there's been a couple of things that have rivaled that, but I, that's right up there in my top three of the best matches I've ever seen live. So we know when Kenny is on opposite team of the Young Bucks, you know, they're going to make magic together. I mean, we saw it in AEW with Kenny and Hangman against the Bucks. And I'm going to follow uh, it up right there by saying I was there for that tag match <laughs> with Hangman and Kenny versus the Young Bucks and Chicago. I'm going to follow that up. And that also was one of the best matches I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah, I love that. That's perfect right there. Listen, uh, and there we, we did go. not plan this out. It just happened. <laughs> oh, that was so great. Yeah, no. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, 100%. Like, those are two of the best tag matches ever. Um, and it just so happened we were both there. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Love it. So funny. Oh, God. Uh, man, but yeah, so I'm, I'm really excited for this. I think it's going to be fun. And, and like you said, I don't know where it's going. I don't know what uh, to expect, really. I, I don't. I know they did mention the Young Bucks still have that tag uh, yep. title shot. I, I thought they scrapped that completely. But, I mean, obviously, they're still sitting on that. I don't know what they're waiting for. Uh, but I guess it's playing perfectly into this match here, the storyline. So, yeah, I don't know. There's so many different directions. I'm intrigued. And like I said, it's it's the second best thing going on right now, I think, in AEW. I agree. I agree 1,000%. Okay, more on the AEW stuff. Overall, when it comes to an in-ring quality on Dynamite, I thought the show was fantastic. Like I said, there was some creative stuff that kind of was like, mm. But other than that, from an in-ring standpoint, I thought the whole show delivered. Yeah, yeah, totally. And that's, you know, that's a, that's always a given, you know? You always yeah. know you're going to tune in Wednesday nights and you're going to see great in-ring action. MJF and Garcia, as much as I hate Garcia's dance, I thought that match was really, really good. I popped in the beginning of the show when MJF um, told Daniel, like, am I going to get a professional wrestler or am I going to get a 
sports entertainer. I popped for that. Uh, the match was really, really good. MJF obviously went over. He tried to shake Garcia's hand, and then 2.0 told him, no, don't do it. We also got Penta and Swerve. That match was incredible, and those spots where they're trying to break each other's arms, I'm looking at them as like, how the fuck do they do it, man? Like, I know. first of all, you got to trust your your opponent, right? Like, you got to trust them with your life. And I think that's in general when it comes to wrestling. But when it comes to specific spots like that, Jesus Christ. Like, I, you know, to me, it's like when you make the viewer, whether it's at the, at the show live or at home, when you make them cringe, that means you have them at the palm of your hand. And that was me watching that match. Yeah, no, me too. I mean, these these two kicked ass. Like, they are... Two of the best. I mean, instant, instant chemistry, which mm-hmm. I'm really not shocked about. Um, but yeah, I mean, totally, 100. I, I, you know, again, this is like, this is one of the issues, I guess, with Dynamite. But I mean, you know, it doesn't really bother me too much. It's like these matches are just like thrown together, right? Like they're just random, you know? Like very I, I don't indie, know how, very in- indie. Yeah, yeah. Like, how did they come up with this one, right? Like, I, I don't, I don't really know. Like, is there was there story built in on Collision? I don't know. There could have been. I don't really watch Collision either. Um, but it just seems like a random match thrown out there. But, of course, very, very enjoyable. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, great in-ring action and definitely definitely made me made me feel some type of way after watching it. So after the match, a, a sort of continues to attack Penta. He he wants to take Penta's mask. Out comes Hangman Page. He chases him. He hits him, I think, a couple times with the chair, and then he chases him out. And then it ultimately leads, I think, on – I think they announced it yesterday on Collision where their match now – it's not going to be a Lights Out match like I thought it would be, but close enough. Lights Out of Jace, we're going to get a Texas Death match for Swerve and Hangman at Full Gear, and I think this match is going to be awesome. Their first one, which was a regular match, was fantastic. Imagine now a match when now anything goes. Yeah, I mean, totally. Hangman Page is like the king of Texas Death match at this point. Oh, uh, yeah. He, he's had so many good ones, and... uh yeah, I wasn't expecting a stip, but I think a stip was definitely much needed here because we already saw them one-on-one, yeah. right? And, like, I'll, I'll be, you know, again, the feud's been good, but I don't still don't even know why we need a second match. I'm not going to complain about it because, you know, it's going to be good, but I don't really know why a rematch was necessary here, and I'm wondering how they're going to book it, if Hangman's going to go over and they're going to have a third match, or if Swerve's going to go over again, and, I mean, that'll just skyrocket him even more to the moon, uh, which I hope happens. Um, I, I but are they a... going to beat Hangman twice? I don't know. I have a but, pre- I have a prediction about that uh, where I think it could go, but I'm gonna leave that for a little bit because it kind of go it kind of goes side by side with something else that I want to talk about. <clears throat> okay, okay, yeah, but I mean, all in all, I think yeah. the stiff was was much needed, and I think it's uh, just takes that match to to that next level. So that's gonna be great. We also got a returning Red Velvet, which we haven't seen her in in a very long time, versus Julia Hart, and this match, man, this match was really really good. You know, props to both women. I enjoyed the fact that. The fans and attendants were investing in both women, which it wasn't only just Julia chant. They were cheering for both Julia and Red Velvet. They were doing chants back and forth. Red Velvet looks great. Julia goes over. Fast forward to, I believe, Rampage. As much as it hurts me to say this, you know, for one of them, I like this from a booking standpoint, even though someone gets the shit end of the stick, right? And that's Ruby Soho. You know, and I'm a big fan of Ruby. She's been poor bookly in AEW. But with a returning Red Velvet, right? Red Velvet faces Ruby, and she picks up a win against Ruby. So even though she got a loss with her making her return match, she ends up picking a, up a win later on the week. So I did enjoy that. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Red looks great. Um, I mean, poor Ruby Soho. She's just terrible. Yeah, yeah. Listen, she she came she came into the company on a high note, right? She got that immediate 
uh, world title match against Britt Baker at Grand Slam. We, we thought potentially this was going to be it, right? Like she's going to win her first singles title on TV, you know, as being a part of a, a television uh, company. Because I think when she came in originally, that's one of the things she said in the uh, in her opening press conference where like she was never a champion on TV. Um, and, you know, I, I thought, OK, AEW is the perfect place for that to happen. Two years later, she's who, still not a champion. Right. And who knows if it's even going to happen at this point. So I don't know. Um, but I mean, listen, I think she's, as long as she keeps getting featured on TV, it's better than nothing. You know, it's not like she's sitting in catering, not being booked. Like she's been on TV pretty consistently, I'd say this year. So I think, you know, she just, she, I hope she doesn't have an issue with that. Of course, she'll want to be the champion, but it doesn't look like that's in the cards anytime soon. Um, Red Velvet looks great. Massive fan of Julia Hall, um, Julia Hall, Julia Hart, excuse me. Um, Julia Hart and Julia Hall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Um, she looks great. I mean, she's just uh, so young but so talented and really just killing it. Um, I think she's in the title match at the pay-per-view now, too, which is great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wouldn't mind seeing her be the champ eventually. I, I, think, I think she needs to capitalize on her momentum. I think she needs to win yeah. that TBS championship. Yeah, listen, I, I think it's a three-way match, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yeah, it's so, it's you know what I'll pull up because I did pull up the the card to talk about it. She doesn't even have to. She doesn't even have to pin Stat to to win. So, so it's I Chris mean, Statlander, I, Julia Hart, and then it's either going to be Red Velvet or Sky Blue. Which you can't go wrong with either or. I think it'll be yeah. Sky Blue in the match yeah. just based on the story they're telling with Julia Hart and Sky Blue. So it'll probably yep. be Chris, Julia, and Sky Blue. If I had to guess. Listen, I Julia pinning Sky Blue. I think. <laughs> listen. I wouldn't be opposed to that at all, not one bit. So, uh, you know, I mean, hey, I love Chris Statlander. She hasn't really done much with this nah, TBS title. It's been of course, it's man. not. It's not any fault of her, but it's just been the booking. booking. Yeah, yeah, but I think Julia being the champion would uh, would be so much interesting because, I mean, you know, they could do the backstage stuff, the the House of Black stuff. I just think she would make that title feel feel important. So, I, I wouldn't mind that. All right, I'm I'm very curious to get your thoughts on this. All right, very curious. So we get this Samoa Joe Keith Lee match, okay? The match mm-hmm. was great, you know. Big men slapping meat, all right? There was a meat <laughs> chant in the crowd, all right? It was everything we expected it to be. Samoa Joe picks up the win. He gets on the microphone, and he goes, he's the longest reigning ROH TV champion of all time. And then all of a sudden, he said, that's why I'm vacating the title. <laughs> okay? He vacates the title. He puts the belt on the ground. And we didn't give a fuck about Ring of Honor before. Even one of the champions don't even give a fuck about Ring of Honor. And he goes, like, he's determined to be AEW World Champion. And he's been saying this for, for since he lost to Max at Grand Slam. He says he's still determined to be a world champion. And they've been telling also this story with all these guys coming at Max, MJF, where Samoa Joe's like, hey, you're running out of friends. Okay, he's like, I'll offer my services, but I want my title shot. They've been telling that story also. That's what's so great about the MJF stuff. There's so many stories going around, right? So he drops the title and he walks away. I have a couple of issues with this. I'm fine with Samoa Joe wanting to vacant the title, but I wish we would have told this a different way. Like him just vacating the title just to say what he's been saying for the last like month. To me, that doesn't do nothing for me. And also, Ring of Honor is a dead brand, okay? Yes, Eddie Kingston's the world champion. Yes, Athena's the women's champion. And they're great. You know, they, they, they're they great as champions. But it's under an umbrella that nobody gives a fuck about. And I feel like Samoa Joe vacating that title further tells why we shouldn't give a fuck about Ring of Honor. And Samoa Joe 
had two titles before at the same damn time. Remember the king of television? So why wouldn't you want to be a double champion still and go after the AEW world title? Another thing is, like, maybe if you say, like, I want to vacant this title because I want my guaranteed title shot, even though it's two different promotions, right? But it's still under, like, the same universe. Maybe if you would have said that, not that I still would have li- would have liked it any better, but I'm like, okay, I guess. But I just didn't like how this came across on TV. And if he was just going to drop the title, I mean, wouldn't it have hurt maybe Keith Lee beating him? Or maybe make it a triple threat match and where Samoa Joe doesn't get pinned and, you know, someone else would have won the title that way? At the end of the day, nobody gives a fuck about Ring of Honor, but I did care about Samoa Joe having this title run that he's been on. Because he's been, listen, I think I said it a year ago, how Samoa Joe has been having a better run in AEW Compared to his whole run in WWE. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, damn. You're just going to vacant the title like that with no guarantee? Especially when it comes to a brand nobody gives a shit about? <laughs> it's just like, at this point, I don't want to even see Ring of Honor anymore. While there's, while there's a lot of titles that people could be champions for. Like, for example, we talked about like the Elite being the ROH six-man champions. I'm, I'm cool with that because they're my boys. I like seeing them as champions. You know, we have this whole MJF defending the ROH tag titles against the guns. In a perfect world, I would want the guns to win because they could hold the set of titles. But at the end of the day, the Ring of Honor brand, nobody gives a shit about. Get that shit out of my TV at this point. Ring of Honor's a dead brand. It's a dead fucking brand. I'm happy for my boy Eddie Kingston being the world champion. But guess what? He should be the last Ring of Honor world champion of all time. That's it. Get the, get the brand out of here. Get it out of here. Or maybe we could do this. Maybe here's another thing we could do when it comes to those Ring of Honor titles. You could unify some of those titles, or we could create one set of titles. For example, instead of having two sets of Ring of Honor, um, not only Ring of Honor trios titles, but like the AEW trios championships, right? Maybe we could create a World's trios title where both of them get fused together. They unify, okay? Instead of having two women's championships, right? One for Ring of Honor and then one for AEW. Maybe we could just unify one of them and then we could just keep it on the AEW brand. And since you have all these women that you don't know what to do with, maybe somewhere down the line, maybe not yet, maybe establish like the the the, um, the women first. Maybe we could create some women's tag titles or something for the women to, to go after. Instead of having all these different fucking titles. I don't need to see it anymore. Get that shit out of here. I yeah, preach. I mean, this is what I've been saying for weeks, for months. I mean, I yeah, you know my thoughts on this. I mean, it, oh, it, listen, uh, you yeah. just hate Ring of Honor, period. You want to see it out of here? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, 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 it's just not. I, yeah. I mean, everything you said is spot on. It's true. It's one hundred percent. I mean, and obviously, we're not the only ones that feel this way. I want to find somebody who actually cares about Ring of Honor, like watches AEW and actually cares about it. Oh, you know, there's some peckerhead that probably watch oh, that subscribed oh, yeah. to Honor Club and oh, he's yeah. pumped oh, yeah. up for the Ring of Honor Thursday television. Yeah, guy wasn't showered in a week, doesn't own deodorant, and, uh, you know, <laughs> Bitch. fat as shit, has three double chins. Uh, yeah, yeah. A, guy like that, yeah, full all in on any wrestling that he could get his hands on. I, I get it. There's definitely some people out there like that. But, man, I mean, I just feel like the majority of the audience just doesn't care. And, yeah, this this made absolutely no sense. I mean, MJF is the world champ and the Ring of Honor tag champ. So you can have two titles at one time. Why somebody would ever relinquish a title is just beyond me. It, it just makes zero sense. If you're not injured or anything like that, there is zero reason. And, you know, uh, you know, in TNA where they do that um, thing with the exhibition title. Option C. Yeah, that's a different story. 
But if we're just talking about vacating a title for the sake of vacating it, it makes no freaking sense. And somebody like Samoa Joe looks so weak doing this. And he should have just dropped the title to Keith Lee because, I mean, God, this poor guy has gotten nothing. He's barely on TV. I don't understand why you couldn't just give him the right, Ring of Honor title. Right, just give it to Keith Lee. Like, yeah, let him do things on Ring of Honor programming so he's actually doing something. Mm-hmm. It, it just made no sense on every level. And I, I don't know if, if they're prepping Samoa Joe to become AEW world champ. And if they are, that's fine. I just don't think – obviously, it's not going to happen right now, right? If anything, it'll happen at World's End. And it needs to Why be a multi-man he, match. As, 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 as While MJF and Samoa Joe was great at Grand Slam, I don't need to see the sequel to that, the same no. match, especially in New York again. I know. Uh, 100%. I would be pretty disappointed if that's the main event. Um, but it seems like he's definitely going to be involved in some way. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, it's it, this was just beyond ridiculous. I mean, what more can we say, right? I mean, it's a Spring of Honor shit. I don't know. If Tony hears the noise, I don't know if he's ignoring it. I he's don't know it if he has a plan. Yeah, he, I just I don't know. He could do whatever the hell he wants because um, he owns these two companies, and he's just gonna keep doing what he wants to do. But I I, I can't take it. The Ring of Honor stuff, <laughs> I really can't. I, it's just it's mind boggling. They they defend the titles more on AEW than we actually see AEW's be, titles being defended. You know, like every week on Dynamite, there's a three Ring of Honor titles and like zero AEW titles being defended. I, I, just don't I don't remember it. the last time I even saw Eddie Kingston as a Ring of Honor World Champ. And he's the champ, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. dude, I, I know, I know. Oh. It, it's brutal. It really is brutal. And they have the final battle show coming up. I mean, nobody cares? gives a fuck about it's in Texas again. Right. On a Friday night, who cares? <laughs> it's, 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 oh, my God. Honestly, bro, I think I'd rather watch TNA. I swear to God. Oh, I think he's got to throw in that TNA shot in there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, main event on Dynamite was Jay White against Mark Briscoe. This match was dope, man. I'm really happy to see Mark Briscoe um, back on AEW TV, and especially in a main event slot, too, with a guy like Jay White. You know, we all knew Jay White was going to win anyway, but just to see Mark Briscoe just have these moments and have these type of caliber of matches, um, you know, since uh, his brother Jay's no longer with us, I I just, from a fan's perspective, I really enjoy watching this. And, uh, you know, Jay White goes over, and then we get, like, a run-in from Max, and MJF goes like, you know, uh, you're going to have to kill me if you want to take this title away from me. And he cut like such a cheesy babyface promo, right? And it's like typical, something that MJF would do because what he's doing is ch- he's channeling himself from all like the white meat babyfaces from back in the day, like the Hulk Hogan's of the world and the Bret Hart's of the world and the Ultimate Warriors of the world saying like, for the first time ever in my life, I'm going to just fight for me. I'm going to fight for everyone that supported me in this journey that I've been on. Because I'm not just a scumbag. I'm their scumbag. Like, it's just like, come on. Like, you know you have the crowd in the palm of your hand. The lights go out, and then we see attackers, you know, the devil attackers attacking the Acclaim. They fucking throw guy Anthony Bones through a fucking glass window. And then MJF just... He just look. It, it looks so like 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 watching like a, a cheesy like soap opera, you know, like during daytime TV. You know, Max looks like he's on the ver- you know verge of crying. He runs back. He you know he jets backstage, and he's just like so confused and distraught. And then Samoa Joe, like a typical dick, goes like, "Ha ha! You keep losing friends," and that's how the show ends. Yeah, I know. I I mean, I think uh, listen, these attackers. Honestly, I haven't changed my opinion on it. I oh. still fully believe mm-hmm. that it's uh, the kingdom and uh, Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole is the devil. I oh, yeah. just don't 
think anything else makes sense in this spot. Um, well, we're gonna play a little, after this. We're gonna play a little. We're gonna play a little game about the devil. Okay. All but, right. All but, right. Cool. But go ahead. But go ahead. Keep going. But yeah, no, I thought this was a, a really good, fun way to close the show. Oh, yeah. I didn't expect it. Uh, the the you know Anthony Bowens going through the glass was, uh, was great. a really cool visual. I know everybody thinks it's Jack Perry now because uh, oh you know, yeah, there's a lot of Jack Perry talk now. Oh yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> like, like that makes sense, right? Like like him being the devil may or doing this makes sense, right? I mean, like come on, I don't know where people just get these things from. Uh, these this is wrestling fans though for you. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, listen, I love MJF's baby face run right now. I think he is so good in this role. Oh yeah, and but, but you know he's still you know like. You can still see, like, in the backstage segment earlier in the show, you know, he still comes up to Tony Schiavone. He's like, hey, Tony, you fat piece of shit. What's going on? Like, <laughs> like he'll still, like, he'll still do things like that. But obviously, he's, like, pretty much a baby face, full-blown at this point. Um, so his promo at the end of the show was so good. Um, the main event, like you said, too, with Mark Briscoe and JY, very, very good. But, yeah, this devil storyline, man, I, I just feel like we need to see something at full gear that really ramps this up a little bit. Like, we, I mean, you, we've seen it very spotty here and there where the devil pops up and the attacks have been very, like, very spotty, too. Like, we don't see it every single week. Maybe we'll see, it like, every two weeks or something like that. Um, I feel like there needs to be a huge progression in this storyline at Full Gear. Now, I don't know what that is. I don't know what, uh, what I would do, honestly, offhand because I don't even know where they're going with this. I don't know what Adam Cole's status is. I, I do believe he is hurt to some extent. Right. Uh, but I don't think it's as bad Serious. as they made right. it seem. Yeah. So, like, I don't know if, like, they couldn't reveal it anytime soon because I don't know if he can walk yet. I don't know, you know, I don't know what he could do. But it, this has to lead to Adam Cole being the devil. And, listen, if they want to, they probably could drag this out until, you know, World's End. I think it's going to get dragged out. Like, I think it's going to get dragged out to World's End. That's my. And you think at the end of the show they reveal Adam Cole to be the devil? I I think that would be a crazy way to end that pay per view. Well, we talked about it last week. How I feel like MJF's going to lose the title at Long Island, and it's going to be because of the devil. Because of yep. I want to just throw these scenarios at you, right? And we're going to play a little game, you know, guessing who the devil is, right? Or playing with the devil. We could name it whatever we want to call it. It's not even a game. It's more like a guessing game, if anything. So I think. If we were betting people, we were gambling people, you know, we want to throw some money down. I think the the most, you know, predictable person that would be the devil is Adam Cole, right? And it would make perfect sense, right, if it's Adam Cole. You have Kyle, a returning Kyle O'Reilly, the kingdom, Roderick Strong being his attackers, and then we have, like, the undisputed kingdom, or maybe they go under a different name, who's to say? And this was all a plan for Adam Cole to turn you know, because remember, even going back to when this friendship first started, Adam Cole used to tell Roddy, listen, I have this all under control. Like, I know what I'm doing. So maybe this was just an Adam Cole plan all along. Because at the end of the day, listen, we all love Adam Cole. But we also not going to ignore history. Adam Cole could be a dick. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's, he's the best when he's, in the, when he's in that role. Right. And, you know, who's to fucking say, right? We talk about, like, we were talking about, like, Earlier, how like, hey, the young bucks could turn heel. What if some of those attackers are the bucks too with Adam Cole reuniting with Adam Cole? Hey, we're getting ignored, and by Kenny Omega, we decided to reunite with our other other buddy, another close friend of ours. I mean, I don't think that's out of the question either. No, it's interesting. I I'd, I'd be all for that, hundred percent. Okay, I, I would be I'd be down for it. So, 
while we, I still think it's Adam Cole. I for fun, for shits and giggles, I'm gonna throw a couple other names out out there, all right? And just to, just to kind of get your reaction. What if all this is just a ploy and it's the devil is really MJF? Yep, yep. I was thinking that too. Yep, because uh, listen, the way he ran backstage and I don't know, he looked a little distraught, but I don't know. His it's like. I don't know. And again, this could be just looking too much into things. Right but he looked right? like he was yeah. acting, acting. Yeah, it looked like he like knew or or like obviously expected this. Like, I don't know. I could. And, you know, too, there's another thing where it's like the first time we ever saw them attacking Jay White. Right. Mm-hmm. The devil was actually there. Like he was with the other guy. Yes. Now, every time that there has been an attack, I believe we've seen the, the mask guys doing their thing. And then all of a sudden there's a video of the devil. Like the devil's not there with the rest of the well, guys. Well, and it's been every time that MJF has been like in the ring or something like that. So well, remember the line. Don't ever forget the line. The greatest trick devil ever pulled was convincing the people that he doesn't exist. And yeah. MJF always says he's the devil. Yep. Yeah. Listen, I don't think that's out of the question at all. I'm just, I'm just curious. Would they do that? Because MJF is on such a great run as a babyface. I don't know just, if I right. I don't know if I want to see him go back to being healed so right. quickly. Right. So I don't know if I would do that. Now, I mean, again, it could definitely be him. I, I I think that's a good possibility. If it's not Adam Cole, I think it could potentially be him. And then maybe maybe he teamed up with Roddy and, and the um and the kingdom, and then they're going against Adam Cole because Adam Cole's been ignoring Roddy and all that stuff. I think that'd be interesting, but again, my only concern was that I I would not want to mess up this MJF baby face. I know it, it would it would be just like taking the rug at something so great right now with MJF because MJF's the man in AEW. He is the man, and I'm not just saying that because yep. he's the world champion. No, he's literally the man in AEW. He's M- like the face in, of the company yes, at the moment. Yes, so it, it would make no sense from a storyline standpoint, like or just a creative standpoint, like. MJF's the hottest thing going in AEW. Like, why would you want to ruin your bread and butter? You know? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree hundred percent. I don't. That's why I don't think I would go that direction. Okay, I'm gonna throw um, just for and now these are shits and giggles. Okay, uh, I'm not being serious here, but just for fun and games, I'm just gonna throw these names out there. You mentioned Jack Perry before. If it's Jack Perry, this might be one of the biggest congratulations you played yourself for AEW. Okay. <laughs> yep. I get the people thinking it could be Jack Perry. And while in theory, it would make sense for Jack Perry to be the guy doing these attacks because, you know, that's kind of at that fatal four way back at double or nothing. That's when the crowd started turning on Jack, right? Like, cause he was just too white meat baby face and we didn't really see an edge on him. Right. And then, you know, I'm not even gonna talk about like the glass spot that we saw on dynamite. Right. But if it was to re- be revealed that it was Jack Perry in theory, it kind of would make sense, but I don't want to see Jack Perry being the guy as the devil. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I mean, this it wouldn't make sense. Okay, here's another name that I want to throw at you just to get a reaction. Now, I'm not saying that this could be this could happen, but for shits and giggles, it would be hilarious. What if the devil is Tony Khan? Okay, it was, <laughs> it was me, Max. It was me all along. I would pop, I think, more so than I've ever popped anything in the in in my whole entire fandom of, of being a, you know all these years of me being a wrestling fan i don't think i would have popped for anything bigger than that honestly just to see everybody lose their fucking minds i would want to see this happen because it would just be the most wwe thing that AEW could do one and two kind of in story it would also make sense because mjf took all tony khan's monies for him to come back to work so yeah it, it yeah. kind of would make sense <laughs> for it to be tony 
Yeah, yeah, or or yeah, <laughs> it could be like a uh, Tony Khan's the devil because he wants MJF gone from the company, right? Right. And then MJF goes, "Not nah, jokes on you. I ain't leaving. I ain't right. ever leaving or whatever. I, you know, I'm I'm talking to the AEW legal team. I'm signing a, a contract." That it would just be a funny, like, weird swerve, you know. People like, would be I, pissed off, but it would be hilarious. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'd be here for it. I'd love to see the internet explode. When okay, Tony was revealed. And here's the last one What if the devil is CM Punk? And this whole yeah, thing has been a work. This whole thing was a work. Everything has been a work. And the devil is CM Punk. Because also I, in story, it would make sense for the devil to be CM Punk. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. This would actually be. You know, I, I know like Adam Cole being it, I think is is best case, right? I think right. it makes the most sense. I think it'd be um, really great. But this is the next best thing. You yes. can even say this, this could probably be the best thing because it just makes so much sense. We never got that MJF yep. CM Punk rematch, you know, because of all the stuff that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, they have a storied rivalry, right? Oh uh, yeah. It's obviously CM Punk is the devil, right? In theory, like he's a devil, like when it comes to AEW and all that stuff, like everybody hates him, this and that, like, you know, he causes all his problems, whatever. This would make, this this would just be the, one of the best things probably that any company has ever done. You know, that would be the, the biggest swerve job ever, uh, that every, like the, the best work ever, you know, where Tony's firing CM Punk a couple months ago. But they had this whole plan, you yep. know, in the works, and they all kept quiet on it. They even put out a press release nah, that yeah. he fired Punk, and he came out in Chicago in front of the crowd, almost wanting to cry because he feared for his life and this and that, just for it to end up being a giant work. I think that would be unbelievable. 1,000%. And for those that are that listening to the show, you're like, well, who the attackers are? That's easy. FTR and Warlow. That's CM Punk's yeah. attackers. Yep. Yep. I mean, it's as easy as that. Wardlow plays right into the storyline mm-hmm. perfectly. Um, Samoa Joe is involved. You know, Samoa Joe and Punk obviously oh, yeah. before he he left, he, mm-hmm. they were they were feuding. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> I I think it'd be freaking <laughs> awesome. I, I really do. I mean, I don't think it's gonna happen, obviously, but but it would be man, great. It would be awesome if it did. It would be great. All right. Let's talk about one more thing. So it was announced yesterday on Collision on Collision, right? We're going to get a G1 Climax of Jace in AEW. Call the Continental Classic. And Brian Danielson has been announced to be part of this tournament. So what Tony Khan and AEW decided to do is like, I don't know if Brian Danielson is ever going to compete in the G1, but you know what we'll do? We'll create our own G1, okay? That's what we're going to do, and Brian's going to be in it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. And the fact that it's happening so close to Wrestle Kingdom and this man is facing Okada in the Tokyo Dome, and he's clearly – he's got an orbital injury. You know, he saw his eye all I think, all I, think Daniel, I think Brian Danielson has, like, a death wish, dude. This, this, he's a madman. He, he's going to face <laughs> off against 11 other guys in a round-robin tournament for, like, five weeks before he, before he goes and wrestles Okada in the Tokyo Dome with his eye socket in, in poor shape. Like, this man is nuts, but I freaking love it. And you know what? If this is his last year as an active competitor full-time... Just go out with a bang. Fuck it, right? Just, right, go balls to the wall. And obviously, even if it wasn't, I think he would still go balls to the wall because he's just that insane. Um, you know, he's already missed, he missed all in last, uh, this past year because of an injury. I just feel like he doesn't want to miss out on anything else. Like he just wants to do everything he can rightfully. So if he, if the doctors clear him and he thinks he could do it, I mean, why the hell not? I love it. This dude's just insane. The fact that Tony Khan and company decided to just create this tournament. So Brian could be in it. 
just tells me that I think Brian Danielson is going to be an AEW lifer. I'm not saying that he's not going to end up in the WWE Hall of Fame. I'm not saying that. But from like a, a long-term standpoint, I think Brian's going to be in AEW for a while. I think so, too. I think you could tell him and Tony have a really good friendship. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And I, I just feel like, yeah, in some sort of way, he's going to be involved in AEW more so than WWE. And whether that's creative process or being a coach, an agent, I think it's going to be in AEW instead of WWE, too. Um, I mean, yeah, eventually he'll get his Hall of Fame induction and he'll go. He may go back there. Who the hell knows? Um, I don't know if he'll ever wrestle there again, but he, you know, he may make an appearance or, you know, there at some point again. But I think, yeah, I'd be pretty confident in saying that. AEW is probably his home um, from here on out for the foreseeable future, whether he's wrestling or not. Um, it's going to be really sad to see him not wrestling on a full-time basis. But, hey, if he comes in to, to be a special type of an attraction, I think that would be great. That'd be that'd make him feel special. Um, as long as he's still wrestling in some capacity, I'll enjoy that because I'm not ready to say goodbye to this man for good again, you know. Um, but going to enjoy it and live in the moment for now. But can we just talk about this announcement, right? Oh, here we go. This man, Tony, this man, Tony, he hypes up all these announcements, right, for, for you know, months. Oh, and yeah. They all turn out to be nothing. His latest one was that the all-in, the ticket pre-sale is happening this Friday for an event that's not until next Congratulations. August, okay? You played yourself. But an announcement that's actually worthy yes! of an announcement. Yes. He, annou he just announces nonchalant. On a Saturday night taped show, yeah, it wasn't even live. It was a it was a pre-tape, right. And, right. and and there was no like graphic for that. And this was worth a good graphic. This was worth the graphic. And odds are nobody's watching this show, right, on a oh. random Saturday. And he's just throwing this out there. But something like you know, hyping up an announcement on Dynamite, and he just, I, I dude, I I don't I don't know if he does this purposely. Or if he just really is just that clueless. But I laughed. The moment I saw this, I, I just was like, this man, Tony, man, like, you just you can't make it up. You can't. You can't. It, it's, it's ridiculous. Even though I do like this announcement, I like the announcement of this G1-esque tournament. I think in AEW's first year, I think a lot of us predicted or we were fantasy booking like ideas of like, yo, what if AEW had their own version of a G1? I remember so many like wrestling pages were... We're like making like mock-ups of like how like a G1 would look like in AEW. I remember our boy Brian, formerly the Royal Ramble, he made like his own like mock-up of what a G1 would look like in AEW. And that was back then when the roster looked a little bit different. So I'm I'm excited that we finally get that now. I'm curious to see not only who's gonna be in it, but like, okay, so what's the end goal here? Cause they did announce that the final's gonna happen at World's End. That's cool, but what does that mean in the future? Does that mean that Whoever wins the tournament, not only do they become the first Continental Classic champion, right? But do they get to face the world champion at AEW Revolution? What's the what? What do they get besides them being the the winner of this? You know what I'm saying? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No. Totally. I that was the first thing I thought of. I was waiting for like something like, oh, the winner gets a title, a guaranteed world title shot at Revolution, or uh, the winner gets a guaranteed world title shot. No, no matter what, they need something here for the winner. It cannot be like the Owen Hart, where they just get the trophy no, and, no. and the, and the I, belt. I, they and need to put effort players. in this tournament because yeah, the, I, I, I hate to say it, and, and this has nothing to do with like the 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 legacy of Owen Hart, but I feel that both Owen Hart tournaments have been a bust, in my opinion. 
Absolutely. It's a waste. Of, it's just a waste of time, pretty much. It's a way to fill up television and honor Owen. I get that. But if, if the winner doesn't get anything, why should any of us care? The best thing about the G1, besides the fact that it's an amazing tournament and you get these amazing matches, mm-hmm. is the winner gets a world title shot at Wrestle Kingdom. Yes. Like, in the main event. Like, yes. that is... That's what makes it feel important and prestigious. If the winner here gets nothing but a stupid trophy, I, I mean, it. listen. Oh, oh no, they're not going to get a trophy. They're going to get a title. Yeah, right. A title that they're going to wear around their waist for two weeks, and then after that, it just <laughs> goes away. With and like, like with Ricky and Willow, they like I just didn't even notice. They just stopped wearing it, and that was it. <laughs> yeah. Like that was that was the end of that. So I don't understand. Like I, I was waiting for some sort of announcement here. I hope it's coming. I hope soon it's coming to Tony. Tony because, has to read the room, and it, I mean, yeah, he doesn't read I'm, the room, but you know. I mean, but I mean, come on for something like this, like he, Tony's not stupid. He's a wrestling historian. Like he knows all these tournaments have like meaningful like yes. results. Right. So like, I just don't understand why he can't just do like winner gets guaranteed title shot. It's, it's I, I don't like, I don't understand a- it. Winner know? gets a guaranteed title shot at AEW revolution makes the most perfect sense to me. Yeah. Right. A- again, it's, it's, it's a layup, I but, feel but like. But you know what? At the, rate, at the rate that AEW is going right now, I wouldn't be surprised if we get, like, a January and a February pay-per-view, okay? Well, <laughs> yeah, like, hey, either way, like I said, a guaranteed title shot no matter what, Um, even if they want to give the person, like, a briefcase, like a money in the bank type of thing, where it's like now you have a contract to cash in a world title shot whenever you want, give me something for the winner so that I, I care when I'm watching these matches. Well, I mean, we, even, Like I said, Ryan, you know what we're going to get. We're going to get another title. <laughs> That's what we're gonna get. I, I'm sure we will. I'm just wish. I'm just wishful thinking here. That's I'm a briefcase. You know, I mean, even you remember the the TNA, um, the Bound for Glory series that they used to do oh, back in the God, day. Those were brutal, but yes, I remember. <laughs> yeah, but uh, they were brutal. But the fact of the matter is, there was a point. <laughs> there the was winner... a point. The, 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 it was like, listen, people sometimes, and and not that you have to be a genius to understand like how the G1 point system works. But the point system for the Bound for Glory series, God almighty, that was like fucking doing math. Oh, yeah. I mean, listen. Yeah, that was uh, – listen, the whole tournament – I'm not saying the tournament was great by any means. I'm just saying at least they had the winner of get a title shot yeah. at Bound for Glory, their so-called biggest show of the year. Again, th- like why could these other companies do it? But like AEW, they do a tournament, and it's like just for – you know, it's, it's for nothing. You know, I, 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 I just... hope we get another announcement like by next week where it's like Tony has more on – the Continental Classic Tournament, you know, I, I hope because they announced the dates, right? They, it's going to be be happening on Dynamite and Collision, leading up to the World's End Final. So by this week, you gotta give me, give me, give me that. At least this is something that would be worth it for me. Like Tony Khan has more another announcement about the Continental Classic Tournament or whatever. Like give me that, so then you could t- be more concrete. Like, hey, the winner of the classic tournament is going to get a guaranteed title shot at AEW Revolution. If we're going to build it like a WrestleMania S, like I feel like a two month span is perfect timing to build this up. hundred percent. And here, here is my, uh, my next request for Tony Khan. Oh, here we go. You have such a deep rock. Uh, yeah. So many talented guys. Okay. I do not want to see Jeff Jarrett in this. I do not want to see scrub no! in this tournament. Give me, I don't know how they're going to do it because I know that, like, you know, guys like Samoa Joe and, and Jay White, they're wrapped up in things. But, I mean, you know, after full gear, who knows? Maybe they could they could jump into something like this. I want to see an all-star studded tournament. Don't give me these uh, jobbers just because you're afraid of putting Brian Danielson over 
Jay White or, or vice versa, you know? Don't be afraid to beat guys on television because it's not the end of the world. It's wrestling. You could do something to get give them a couple of wins and get them back on track. It doesn't matter. I hate when he does these tournaments, these, like, eliminator tournaments, yeah. and he does it so strategically where the winner is so obvious because he puts scrubs in here because he doesn't want to beat top talent. He wants to just, like, oh, you know, uh, Brian Danielson can beat the natural Dustin Rhodes because, you know, no, why the no, hell no, not, no, right? No, no. But he can't beat somebody Listen, like Listen, I, I want to see fucking Edge in this tournament. Yes. Yeah, I want to see. I want. Yeah, exactly. Get, I want to see. Put Edge maybe. in there. Put Omega in there. If Jay White is fully wrapped up, put Jay White in there. Put. put listen, it, it kind of goes back to what I was saying. Remember, I was telling you about Swerve and Hangman. This might be the third match in the tournament where Swerve gets his win back and he goes. He moves forward in the tournament. Yeah. Listen, I would love to have both of those guys in the tournament. Yeah. Hangman and Swerve. Put them both in. Listen, if you're going to put a scrub or two in here, I kind I understand because the G1 has a lot of those, okay, right? They, they got a lot of, like, uh, you know, guys that obviously are never going to win, right? The Chase Owens and shit, shit like that. Chase so Owens if you want to put one Yoshi or two. Hashi, you know? Right, right. Oh, yeah, I know. How could I forget Yoshihashi? <laughs> if you want to put one or two in there, that's Who, fine. But... Oh, here's the question. Who's the Yoshihashi of AEW? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Uh, Man, we don't yeah, want to even uh, disrespect the AEW talent to compare to Yoshihashi. <laughs> yeah, right, for real. Oh, God. But, yes, don't put Scrubs in there. I want to see Darby Allen in there. Yeah, like, g- give me top quality guys where, where I'm watching the match and you're like, holy shit, this, sh- this could go either way. Exactly, exactly. And I'm afraid he's not going to do that because, uh. again, he wants to protect certain talent. And I just, I hate that, man. I'm just so over the fact that, like, <laughs> Jeff guys can never lose, tournament. you know? Guys can never lose. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett's definitely going to be in this tournament. Oh, he's, he's 100%. He's probably going to be the next name announced. I know he is. Tony loves him. And I just know he's going to be involved in this. But, I mean, who the hell wants to see Brian Danielson against Jeff Jarrett? You know Not what? Me. Not for nothing. That match, that match might be pretty good, though. <laughs> Shut up. And that match might be pretty good, though. <laughs> Ugh, listen, I know, listen, as much as... I, I don't I, and I don't dislike Jeff Jarrett, right? But I don't need to see him on my TV, the, the, especially the amount of time that I need to see him. But I would be lying to you if I said like, you know what, a Brian and Jeff Jarrett match actually probably, might be pretty entertaining. <laughs> hey, hey, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm guaranteeing it's gonna happen. <laughs> guaranteeing it's gonna happen. <laughs> oh God, oh, man! But I am excited with this tournament and. I guess since Brian's the first name announced, you would think he's the the favorite to win it, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I well, especially going into the Tokyo Dome against Okada, I'd be surprised if he ends up losing. I, I just feel like he should make him look as strong as possible mm-hmm. going into but that. But you know what? Yeah, if he think, makes it to the final and loses, I still think he comes out looking very strong. Yeah, I, I mean, it depends on who it's against, I guess. But yeah, I mean, I think either way. Again, I'm I don't want to double down on what I just said, where it's like, oh, I hate how they can't beat guys, but. Um, I just, yeah, I feel pretty good that like Brian was with him during the announcement. Uh, Brian's the first guy. It almost makes it seem a little obvious now without even knowing the rest of the field that Brian is probably going to be in the finals at least. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up winning this tournament. I mean, it seems like it was almost created for him. So. Oh, I mean, that's what it, you know, that's one of the things that I said when we started talking about the Continental Classic tournament. It's like Tony Khan and company decided to make their own version of a G1 just for Brian Danielson. That's it. And and if you think about it, like if this is his last year of being a full time participant, he may not even be in the one next year. So you might as well give him the win in this one, you know? Yeah. 
it just makes sense. So. All right, let's wrap up with um just some quick predictions on Full Gear real quick. So as of right now, there's nine matches announced, okay, including the pre-show match. Um, I'm gonna skip. Not that. enough. There'll be three more. That's oh, not God, enough. Don't say There'll be three that. more. Come on, Tony. Listen, he, listen, nine. Nine sounds perfectly fine for me. Um, he's looking gotta, at the card. He's like, ah, oh, I don't know, man. Nine just doesn't seem like enough. <laughs> all right, let's give some quick predictions real quick. Okay, you got in the pre-show match, MJF doing double duty again. He's defending the Ring of Honor Tag Titles on an AEW pay-per-view. Okay, yes, with a partner that he still hasn't found yet against the guns in a perfect world. The guns win this match, but I don't think that's going to happen. No, I don't think so. I think, um, MJF going to end up picking Samoa Joe. I think Samoa Joe's going to troll him for a little bit. I think they're going to walk around with the titles from there. I have no idea what's going to happen, but that just seems like the way it's headed. All right. We talked about this earlier. Chris Stanland, there's going to defend the TBS title in a triple threat match against Julie Hart. And then to be determined between red velvet and sky blue, doesn't really matter who, Wins that match because I think Julie Hart takes this. I think she's going to be the new TBS champion after full gear. Me too. Me too. I'm feeling pretty strongly about it. Just been the way she's been booked. I think, uh, you know, we just rambled on before about how high we are on her. And I just think it makes perfect sense. Stat hasn't done much with this. Not her fault. But I think Julia Hart will bring some sort of uh, fun to this belt. And, and uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm strongly behind her. I think she she's, takes it. We got Orange Cassidy and John Moxley too. Their sequel from their all-out classic, I, their, their first match was incredible, and I think this match is going to be incredible too. And I think Mox is going to get his belt back. 100%. I don't think he ever should have lost it. Unfortunately, shit happens sometimes. Um, but I think, you know, the, the rematch is, is worthy, obviously. Like, you know, the first match was great at all-out. Um, I think, you know, I, I know I said before about Hangman and Sora, but they shouldn't have had a second match. But right. I think Mox and, um, and Orange Cassidy were destined to have another rematch. Um, so we're getting it here accidentally, I guess, you know, with all the shit that happened. But I think Mox takes it back, too. I think Mox takes it back. And then I see him going on a run with this title, like a run. Yeah. Yep. yep. Because it felt like after they main evented all out, like it felt like that title elevated again, especially with Moxley not holding it. And it seemed like world title of Jace. Yeah. No, I, I 100%. Yeah. He, he's. I feel like this, I mean, Orange Cassidy did some great things with this belt, and I think mm -hmm. Mox will just take it even more to the next level. Okay, we got the team of Sting, Darby Allen, and Adam Copeland versus Christian Cage, Luchasaurus, and Nick Wayne. I see Team Sting, Darby, and Adam winning. Yeah, yeah, totally, 100%. Uh, just further the Adam Copeland, Christian stuff. Um, I don't think Adam uh, pins like Christian or anything like that. I think he pins like Nick Wayne or something like that, or maybe the Luchasaurus, but... Um, yeah, I, I think that it's a given that this team will win. We got uh, It was announced yesterday on Collision. We got a tag team title match four-way. We got Ricky Starks and Big Bill, LFI, FTR, and the kings of the back throne with Malachi and Brody King. <sighs> I'm kind of indecisive here, right? Because I feel like Ricky Starks and Big Bill should retain because they've only had these titles for a cup of coffee, right? But then there's another side of me that kind of would like to see Malachi and Brody King take the titles because I feel like the King, the 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 what you call it, they need something. I feel like that whole stable needs something. And if Julia Hart picks up the TBS title and now you have Malachi and Brody King pick up the tag titles, I feel like now they look like they look healthy again. Like the stable looks healthy again. Yeah, no, totally, hundred percent. I honestly don't understand. 
why every time we have to get a multi-man tag match for the tag titles on pay-per-view. It seems like AEW does this so much. Um, I don't really know how LFI got into the mix here. I, FTR, I guess, makes sense. They they dropped the titles to Ricky and Big Bill. I know that um, you know House of Black have been coming for, for the titles, too. I would just probably have Ricky and Big Bill retain these here. Yeah. Uh, I, I just don't understand the, the four-way match. But um, if not, I would put it on the, the Kings of the Black Throne, too, just because of the storyline. All right, we have the Golden Jets, Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho versus the Young Bucks. I'm really looking forward to this match. And if we're going to tell this story with the Bucks possibly turning heel or wherever it, wherever they're going to go after this, right? Whatever storytelling they decide to tell with the Young Bucks, I think the right call is for Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho to go over. So I'm going with them. Yeah, me too. I think uh, it just pushes the Bucks even more to the limit. You know, Kenny found a partner that – uh, you know, obviously he's successful with, and uh, yeah, I just think it furthers the story. I don't really understand the Bucks um, winning here. It really doesn't make sense. I think them also getting their title shot too, which, is, which they should be getting it on this pay per view. I don't understand why three other teams are getting a title shot before they are, but whatever. That's yeah, exactly. That's I don't understand it either. But we can sit here and talk about Tony's booking uh, for forever, probably. So. <laughs> All right, uh, we got Hikaru Shida defending the women's title against Timeless Tony Storm. Listen, man, you want to talk about flip-flopping title. That's yeah. the women's world title this year alone. Bro, I, this title, man, and it's not the talent's fault. It's just the booking because for whatever reason, Tony is not putting enough effort when it comes to the women's division. And I'm not a fan of that. With that being said, I don't think Tony Storm needs the title because she's so over now. Like with this timeless stuff, she's actually being a sports entertainer. You know, I don't know, man. I feel like her car Sheeta should w- retain because she just what like she's had the title for, you know, like not even a month yet. But it wouldn't shock me if timeless Tony Storm ends up defeating her. But I'm gonna go with her car Sheeta. I think she retains, and that kind of further that kind of further sends Tony even more. Like to kind of spiral down and loses her mind even more with this loss. Yeah, no, hey, I, I didn't think about that honestly. Uh, I'm going with Tony Storm here just because uh, I'm just really enjoying her entire presentation, and I think it'd be interesting to see how she brings the belt into this as well. I think she deserves it too. The work she's doing is yes. absolutely fantastic. I mean, poor Hikaru Shida. It just seems like I don't even understand why they put the belt on her the past two times. If you're just going to take it right off of this poor girl, I mean, I, I don't understand it. Um, so she's unfortunately getting the short end of the stick here. She has been the longest reigning AEW Women's Champ, though, so she'll always have that. So yeah. it's not like she's been booked terribly, but it just I don't understand what they're doing with her. Uh, I'm going with Tony Storm here. And, uh, yeah, I mean, this women's belt, I mean, who really cares, right? Like you said, flip-flopped around. Um, I feel just, like it was it, doomed it, it, the no. second they put it on, on Soraya. And there's no yeah, disrespect yeah. to her, but it's been doomed ever since. Yeah, no, you're 100% right. All right. Hangman versus Swerve Strickland in a Texas death match. Hangman's, you know, he's getting his win back here. <sighs> I don't know, man. I'm very indecisive. I could see this going either way. I mean, obviously, based on history, you know, when we get a rematch like this, it seems like they're going to do a 50-50 booking type of thing. <sighs> I don't know, man. I mean, yeah, will they beat Hangman twice? I don't know. Well, listen, remember when, remember, I mean, AEW's notorious of, like, swerving us, too. I remember when 
Jericho fought Brian like I think three times in a row within a span of like two to three months, and Jericho won every match. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I don't know. Listen, I guess I'm gonna go Hangman here too, but I don't know, man. I feel like Swerve is just on such a a run right now, and I don't, I don't know. Like if you beat him now, it kills this momentum that he had it coming out of Wrestle Dream, you know. I, think I mean, I guess beat... maybe you could protect him because of the stipulation, right? Hangman but... beats Swerve here, and then Swerve gets his win back in the tournament. That's what I think is going to happen. Uh, okay, okay. All right, I like that. It makes sense. That's what I think what's gonna, that's going to happen. And then you have, like, an actual stake there, you know? Yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that. Okay, main event time. MJF versus Jay White. As much as I would like to see my guy Jay White, King Switch, the catalyst, Switchblade Jay White, become the actual AEW World Champion, even though he's holding the title as we speak, physically. There's no way MJF is losing this match. And, and listen, I am enjoying the run that MJF is on. But, man, I feel like Jay White, bro, gave the title on him. But I know it's not going to happen, especially with the Long Island pay-per-view happening in December. And then also with this devil stuff, man. I don't think we're going to get the devil reveal at full gear. But we are going to get another layer to the devil story. Yep, me too, 100%. There's no shot in hell that MJF loses this match. I think uh, it's so freaking good. So freaking good, but there's no shot in hell that MJF loses here. Um, and yeah, listen, I, like I said before, we need a big, big storyline progression coming out of this pay-per-view with the devil storyline. Because if not, what are we doing here, you know? I mean, just, I don't know what that is. There needs to be something. <laughs> Uh, yeah, like, look at me. I'm, I'm the one here, like, criticizing, I, but I don't know. I don't have no backup. I don't know what they should do. But, like, they, they need to – there needs to be something else other than just more attacks, you know, yeah. and seeing the devil again. Like, we need some – a little bit more progression here. So, yeah, I, I don't know what that is, but I'm intrigued to see how it all plays out. And, uh, yeah, listen, MJF will finally get the Triple B back. He has not had it for a while now. So it's it's – it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be great. I think the whole pay per view is gonna be good. Obviously, AEW pay per views they don't disappoint. They never miss. Never. Always deliver. Um, so really looking forward to it. All right, that's it, bro. We covered everything we needed to cover, dude. Uh, I was telling you privately, and I'll tell it on air now. Unfortunately, and I'm gonna hit myself with the button. Unfortunately, next Saturday, Full Gear Day, I will not be watching Full Gear live. So hit me with the button. Congratulations, you played yourself. I got some adulting to do. I have a prior engagement, and I will be, you know, fulfilling that. And it's still great stuff, you know, and I'll end up watching Full Gear Sunday morning. And then, I don't know, I'll touch base with you, and I guess we'll figure out when we can record, whether it's later on Sunday. Maybe we'll do it during the week. But, yeah, that's my plans for next weekend. I will not be watching Full Gear live, but I will be watching the following morning. Yeah, sounds good. I mean, maybe we could, uh, you know, we'll we'll record a show next Sunday night, um, you know, after we both watch it or, yeah, maybe something during the week. There will be a full gear review, though, without a doubt, sometime next week. Um, yeah, I just don't know if it'll – I mean, hey, listen, it's not like we've really been live on Facebook. Um, oh, yeah, know, we've just been for straight, so long. We've been so, straight podcast Jones since post all out. Right, right. So as long as we get something out there Monday or Tuesday, uh, you know. We'll get it out there for, for you fine people. So, oh, yeah. All right, Ryan, give me your plugs in. All right, at Lucha Outsiders on X or Twitter, whatever you still call it. Who knows? Maybe I'll, I'll live tweet full gear. Probably won't, but, uh, you know, follow just in case I end up doing it. Okay, you can follow me at RatedRsense87, but make sure you follow us at Lucha Outsiders everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Shockingly, this week, I don't know if you noticed, Ryan, I've been posting again. 
I was on a run. I was on a stretch that I was posting every day. And then Friday came and I ruined everything. I haven't posted on Friday. <laughs> I didn't post on Saturday. But for like four days, from like Monday to Thursday, I was posting every day. And I thought I had like a good like, all right, I'm trying to get the hang of this again. And then Friday came and it ruined everything. <laughs> hey, you know what? It, the effort was there. You know, it was it was a good try. You did it more so than, you know, you, you have been. And it's, again, it's life, man. Yeah. It's life. We're, we're all adults now. Things are changing. And sometimes social media just isn't, you know, we're just not on social media 24-7 like some peckerheads are. Oh, yeah, 1,000%. We, ha- we have lives, people. We have lives. All right. For the old man, Leo, that's not here, but he's perfectly fine. He'll make his return at some point. For our double Ryan Radar, I'm yours truly, Mr. Rated R. Till next time, keep Rated R and stay too sweet. Goodbye. Mm, 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 mm. And good night, Ben!